You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Mars, the fourth planet in our solar system. Mars, mysterious red world that has intrigued scientists for centuries. Mars, populated mostly by middle-aged white men who sit around a lot and argue about whether or not to take over Earth. That last part may not be entirely accurate, but it's the image that would have been stuck in your head if you caught the premiere of Flight to Mars on this day in 1951. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5. Five minutes of science fiction history for November 11th. Early 1950s science fiction on film is a special breed. The genre was becoming more mainstream, but still mostly treated as matinee fare aimed at young audiences. Filmmaking techniques were improving, but we were a long way off from the careful craftsmanship and deep ideas of movies like Forbidden Planet. Into the post-war potpourri of movies about moonshots and mysterious civilizations, mostly of women, on other planets, dropped Flight to Mars, directed by prolific B-movie creator Leslie Selander. He worked from a script by fellow B-movie veteran Arthur Strawn, based on a book by Alexei Tolstoy about a Bolshevik revolution on the Red Planet. Wait, what? Well, yes, but also no. The similarities practically end there. Tolstoy's novel, Alita, the Queen of Mars, was written in 1924 and made into a movie that same year. Dumping pretty much all of the political messages, but retaining the title character and a romance plot, 1951's Flight to Mars was geared very directly for its young American audience, with an emphasis on adventure, romance, and clear-cut good-guy-bad-guy tropes. Simply, a group of mismatched Earthlings, scientists, engineers, and journalists, find themselves on a rocket to Mars, where they encounter a civilization hiding the fact that they are on the verge of collapse. The Martian leaders want to steal the rocket and conquer Earth, but a few good-hearted locals want to help the newcomers escape. Throw in a couple of love stories, heavily recycled sets, and costumes from other productions, and you've got yourself a movie. So, how is life on Mars? We'll give it a look after the break. In case the last segment wasn't clear enough, Flight to Mars was made on the cheap. Very cheap. Principal photography was completed in five days, and very rarely was there a second take shot for any scene. The entire production was completed, start to finish, and ready for distribution in six weeks. Costumes were used from Destination Moon, and some of the set pieces had originally been constructed for the Universal sci-fi serials of the 1930s, and passed around ever since. It was shot in color, though, which was quite an expensive luxury at the time. The technique used, Cinecolor, was a two-strip method that was soon to be replaced by the far more vivid three-strip Technicolor of the mid-1950s. But a funny thing happened with that. Flight to Mars, for all its shortcomings, takes on an almost painted postcard look because of the rudimentary process. Combined with the vintage sci-fi set pieces and effects, realism gives way to surrealism. That is, if you can get past the very dated content. Sure, while the buildings on Mars are filled with the very latest from the Herman Miller catalog of 1950, and the costume designs are... unique, Flight to Mars can't quite reach escape velocity of the time in which it was made. There is zero realism to the flight itself and the combination of characters. The romantic subplots are both without any emotional investment and at times lean heavily into sexist stereotypes, And, as mentioned at the top, 
the casting is glaringly one note. There are a handful of young women and a majority of middle-aged white men all populating this slice of fantasy. There's no way Flight to Mars actually holds up today, but as far as B-movies go, it is preserved remarkably well online, and serves as a kind of time capsule for a very specific point in the history of science fiction filmmaking. And without an actual time machine to take you there, that's what a movie like Flight to Mars, and a podcast like this one, can hope to do. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for November 11th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.